Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm very happy to have Chris Latham as my guest today. Chris is a certified financial planner and has worked with clients for the past 27 years. He focuses on making smart money decisions for clients, tax mitigation, taking care of heirs, protecting assets, and magnifying charitable contributions. Owning his own practice for nearly 20 years, Chris has been able to focus on the things that truly matter to his clients and will benefit them the most. He believes planning and saving for the future is the most important thing an individual can do and that there is a direct link between financial wellness and physical health. He also believes that regardless of the circumstances, there is always an opportunity to save, grow, and create financial stability for the future. Welcome, Chris, and thanks so much for taking the time to join me today to discuss creating financial security for those who are neurodiverse or disabled. Great. Thank you so much, Gilda. It's great to be here. So to begin with, what does your financial practice focus on and how does that translate to families who have neurodiverse or disabled dependents? I, you know, we are really financial planning based firm. Uh, we don't focus on, on just uh, investments, stocks, bonds, whatever it is. It's kind of everything in, as a whole, as you mentioned. Uh, so it's, it's number one, making smart money decisions. And that is going to be investments and, and how uh, people need to be able to build the portfolio to last for a lifetime. Uh, number two is helping to reduce taxes, you know, hold on to more of what you earn. Number three is taking care of the heirs and, and taking care of you while, while, you know, during your lifetime. And that's estate planning and, and then protecting the assets, insurance-based uh, risk management, things like that. And of course there's charitable uh, interests. So the nice thing is that applies to, to everybody as a whole, no matter what, you know, if you think about that as the, the foundation and uh, any other different circumstances people are, are dealing with, whether it's age or personal circumstances or, or net worth, whatever it is, uh, those are all just uh, building blocks on top of that foundation that I just mentioned. Now, we all know that there are special needs trusts mm-hmm. and there are a variety of different special needs trusts. Can you touch upon the different types of special needs trusts that there are and what are the things that you consider when setting up or contributing to this specific type of trust? And also, can you touch upon some of the basic benefits? Sure, absolutely. So when people think of a trust, it's it's really designed to uh, ensure that, that your assets go to your intended beneficiaries, avoid probate. Um, when you're looking at, at special needs trusts, the, the idea here is is the same thing. We want money going to our intended beneficiaries, but now we're looking at asset protection. So in other words, we for for individuals that are receiving some type of government-based benefits, uh, we don't want a, a sum of money or, or a large amount um, to to take away um, their their benefits. So that's where special needs trusts will come into play. And there's there's different different types, but really the the main two. Uh, that people will will look at number one is the first first party special needs trust, and I, you don't really see too many of those. I haven't come across too many, but um, those will be for the individual, uh, the person that uh, 
that is part of the neuroverse or disabled community that we serve, um, they will set that up for themselves. So maybe you have someone who is working and they're earning money. Uh, they don't want to just put it into a checking account and, and uh, have that uh, balance build up because if you're holding more than $2,000 in your name, then your, your government benefits are going to be uh, reduced. So that person can set up a, a first party uh, special needs trust and the funds can, can grow and build within that, uh, within that entity and not jeopardize government-based based, uh, benefits. So that could be also a person working or maybe they've, they've inherited money. Maybe mom and dad uh, didn't, nobody sat down and educated them on, on what, you know, what needs to be done to, to properly plan an estate and, and things transferred down to the, the individual. So that, that person has received a, a large inheritance. And again, that's, that's going to disqualify from benefits. So a first party special needs trust uh, will be funded by uh, that person's individual's income or maybe an inheritance or a lawsuit, let's say. They're, for whatever reason, whatever large amount of money they come into, that goes into that trust and can can preserve their government benefits. Uh, another part, uh, another uh, needs trust is going to be a third party special needs trust. And that would be that would be for the parents, let's say grandparents, uh, when they pass, uh, they want to make sure that the money is uh, contained in an entity that that will not jeopardize their child's uh, government-based benefits. And so they will set up a within within their own trust an amendment or even a, a separate standing special needs trust at the moment. And any inheritance that's designated for that that child will pass down through that special needs trust. And again, to protect the benefits. Are there other options available for families that don't want to have the fees associated with setting up a trust, or maybe they can't afford setting up a trust? That's a great question. Yes. <clears throat> so that is one of the drawdowns, the, the drawbacks of a trust, special needs trust. You're talking about the cost and, and then certainly, um, you know, lack of control for the beneficiary. Uh, they're going to have to to go to a, a trustee each time to request funds. Um there's also, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the cost, like I said, but the continuity, I guess, it can be lacking at times. So in this case, uh, Congress came down years ago and, and uh, set up a, an ABLE, what's called an ABLE account. So it stands for Achieving a Better Life Experience. And that allows the individual uh, and any family members to contribute to an account that will be exempt or separate from the from the individual and, and won't be counted against their their um, government benefits. So the money that uh, is set aside in that type of account will grow tax deferred, and if withdrawn uh, to be used for qualified uh, disability expenses, uh, will come out tax free. So that's a a real simple way uh, to go ahead and and set aside money for needs for down the road. And um, it just works perfectly. So some of the some of the aspects of that account, um, it does limit the amount that you can put in. So this year in 2022, uh, everybody can put in sixteen thousand dollars into that account. Uh, and that's it. So, uh, you know, we don't all have sixteen thousand just to put into an account. But if you did, then that's that's your maximum there. And that is from all sources. So if the individual is working, they want to fund some of that money in there, mom and dad, grandparents, friends, 
other family members want to contribute, then that max this year is $16,000. And uh, I can only have one account, only have one ABLE account. Uh, and I take it back, if, if the individual is working, um, they are able to, to contribute an extra right now, what is it, $12,880. So there could be a, a potential to, to contribute up to twenty eight, almost $29,000 for this year. Okay. Um, are there any other things to consider when setting up the account? I, I understand they're available in a, in a variety in quite a number of different states. Um, mm-hmm. When setting up or when making contributions to the account, are there some tips you can give on some things you really want to keep in mind? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of people will will ask, is there any type of, of deduction? Uh, kind of like you know, if I put money into an IRA or something like that, do I get a, a tax deduction? Not really. I mean, there might be some, you know, savers credits, tax credit, things like that per per state. Um, but every state is going to be different. They all have their own plans. Um, but you know, generally speaking, you're not you're not putting money in there to get an actual current year tax deduction. You're just trying to set aside money that can hopefully build over you know a longer period of time to be able to fund expenses that they're going to be increasing over life and uh, do so tax-free with that, with that growth. So that money can be invested and grow tax-free and, and if withdrawn properly, will we'll be, will be tax-free. Now, when you say withdrawn properly, I understand mm-hmm. that it's a pretty broad list of mm-hmm. things that you can pay for with an ABLE account. Uh, is that uh, true? Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, it's kind of nice because that's that's kind of the nuances or difference between, say, a special needs trust and an able account. Go back to the special needs trust. That's really going to be designed to fund things that 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 person wants. You know, the extra kind of the extra stuff, the vacations, the uh, you know, I want to get a pet. Yeah, um, you know, different different things like that. But the able account is going to be more designed for ongoing living, day-to-day living expenses. So it uh, can be used for housing where special needs trust, you want to avoid that type of, of distribution for that. And you may, you know, may have your benefits benefits reduced. Um, so an ABLE account, we can use that money to, to take care of housing expenses, food expenses, um, legal financial services, uh, transportation, education, you know, employment training, things like that. It's very broad and it's designed to, to give you a better standard of living every day, every year. Now, what about having a will? Um, some people do, mm-hmm. some people don't. What is your take on that? Yes. Yeah. So the difference between a will uh, and let's say a trust, we get that question a lot and we'll, I'll circle back to why, why a will here. So trust avoids probate and a will when it just comes to financial and estate planning, a will, if your assets are transferred by a will, if you have a mutual fund or a savings account, that's going to go through probate. So that's an added expense. So you don't want your assets as a, a parent, let's say, you don't want your assets transferring to your children through the will. You want it through the trust. But a will becomes very important if you have minor children, or in this case, or you know, the population that, that we serve as well. Um, and you're having to, to consider a, a legal guardian, someone that can come in and, and take care of the, the beneficiary um, you know, physically, medically, someone that has to, you know, to make, make medical decisions for them. So that's where a will is going to come into play. Um, 
and that's I'm speaking of the parents themselves, they're going to name the guardians for that beneficiary within their will. Uh, so it becomes very important. Well, that certainly makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now, I've heard also that life insurance can lessen the financial burden for the guardians of the dependents after, say, their parents have passed. Uh, can you explain that a little bit? How does that work? Sure. Well, I mean, we all, as parents, we all want to make sure we magnify or you know maximize the amount of money that's going to go to our kids. And in this case, um, you know, if parents have a a child that uh, is is part of the disabled community, you cannot have that money go directly to the child again, because any benefit government benefit base um, benefits will will be uh, reduced. So the life insurance component can be used to leverage or multiply the amount of money that passes down. So uh, let's say uh, parents are going to get a, a life insurance policy. It's a hundred thousand. It's five hundred thousand. Whatever it is. Um, that's going to immediately multiply the amount of money that, that can pass down to the child. And if done properly, uh, that can be set up in what's called an irrevocable life insurance trust, or the funds can be paid directly to the special needs trust. Either way, it's going to be irrevocable. And so you have a, a large amount of money that can be passed down to be used for the benefit of, of this child without jeopardizing their benefits. Okay. Well, that sounds very good. Um, Now, at this point, is there something that we haven't covered in this very high overview that we've been (laughs) discussing on approaching financial planning? And certainly you're welcome to come back another time when we can get a little more into the weeds on some of these topics that we've covered. Uh, But is there something that we haven't mentioned that I haven't asked so far that you feel is important to mention at this point? Well, I think you know, I think that, um, you know, when I was talking about the the five major components of the financial planning, it, it applies, again, like I mentioned, to every single person. You know, you, you think back to the to Aristotle, the, the quote that he made, the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And that really is true for financial planning. So when it comes to uh, building for the future, uh, the chassis looks the same. So it's five areas. Um the nice part is, you know, it's not it's not some, um, you know, way out of the way type of, of planning that anybody needs to do. Everyone does the same types of things. They're just nuances. So I would just simply say that uh, parents um, really need to to consider, you know, what they're doing for themselves. They have to come first. Obviously, they have to plan for their retirement and uh, hopefully a, a long, uh, long life and, and a fun retirement. But they also at the same time need to, to be focusing on on that child, that beneficiary, and how much longer their own resources, once passed down, are going to have to last. So you really want to kind of focus on on making sure that things are done properly. You know, making smart money decisions that you're thinking about. You know, two two generations, yourself and that child. Uh, you're thinking about the the tax consequences, um, the estate planning, the insurance. I mean, you know, parents. Um, what you don't want to have happen is is not being maybe prepared uh, for circumstances that could occur to you. You know, something like a, a nursing care, medical situation, lawsuit. Um, you know, what happens to to mom and dad if there's a a nursing nursing care need? You know, entire state can be wiped out, and all this planning that had been done, you know, to be to, to work for the beneficiary down the road 
is all gone because all the funds are gone now. Um, same thing, you, the little things you want to focus on things like, let's say, an umbrella policy. You know, mom and dad are, are driving down the road and, and they get an accident. It happens to be their fault and they're sued for millions of dollars. Um, a car insurance covers a certain amount, but maybe an umbrella policy uh, could be utilized for a very small, small amount each year of premium that could cover the rest of their assets that are then designed to drop down to, to the beneficiary. So I would say it becomes very important uh, to make sure that all of these aspects are, are looked at closely and planned properly because you're, you're truly, truly planning for two generations, yours and, and your child. So how can our listeners reach you if they have questions and want to know more? Sure. Uh, I would say that uh, the easiest way is to visit us at uh, LathamWealth.com, our website. That's L-A-T-H-A-M-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Terrific. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for your time and for sharing some great information with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure, Gilda. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, www.autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.